Star, Star Wars. Wars. Talking Here's about Star, Star Wars. Wars. Talking it's about Star Wars. In the stars. Up in Look. the sky. <laughs> Walker. <laughs> Well, they say the movies are quite the talk of the town, but I prefer two idiots to kind of dumb things down. So, saddle in and here we go, it's Just Two Idiots Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Just Two Idiots. This is a podcast about movies and entertainment and pop culture. My name is Colin, and this is my co-host and apprentice in the way of the force, Robbie. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why the apprentice in the way of the force would sound like Palpatine, but Pal- more Palpatine, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could have gone with like young Annie, been like, "Hi, are you an angel?" <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> now this oh, is like, pod uh, racing. <laughs> <he's> like, Yippee! <laughs> and then, like ten no. years later, not just the men, but the women and the children. Yippee! All of them. <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> Every single one of them. It ate everybody. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Padme didn't even care. She was like, oh, well, sometimes people get upset. And I was like, he murdered <laughs> the women and children. But he saved me from the centipedes. <laughs> yeah, the worms. That, what were they going to do? I don't know. I don't know. They were going to. Make her wriggly and like the bubble gum. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, I don't know if you know this, but there's a new Star Wars film out. Did you know that? I had vague understanding of the fact. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. So, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is out. And, uh, you know, as far as, as far as movies go, it's doing, it's doing quite well. Ah, how's it's it doing? doing? Uh, I think I read it... it it's grossing. It's grossed more than five hundred million so far. Holy shnikes! Uh, it was. It set like some sort of record for Christmas Day box office numbers. It, it was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, and we're probably part of that because we went. We had the chance to go see it twice. Yeah. So yeah. regardless of how much we like this film and whether <laughs> we think they should keep making them, we're supporting it. On well, accident. Whether or not we feel they should have made this one in the first place, we saw yeah, it twice. We're, we're part of the problem, really. We're part of that five billion. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Star Wars is here. Uh, a lot of people are excited for good reason. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I was one of those people. We'll get, we'll get on to that, why I said that in past tense. And... Uh, <laughs> So we'll kind of go through some stuff here first. Uh, we'll go through some of like just some general stuff. I think I've actually uh, it's printing right now on my fax machine. Ah. Get some of the facts for this. Careful, that's hot ink. Whoa, that is hot. Hotter than the lava f- from Mustafar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here it is. It's been, uh, this movie was released on December twentieth of this year. Uh, director J.J. Abrams back again. Ooh. Return uh, of the he... director. Return of J.J. Abrams. J.J. <laughs> Abrams strikes back. <laughs> Revenge of the J.J. Abrams. A not new J.J. Uh, Abrams. I can't the first one. J.J. <laughs> Abrams the first again. <laughs> the Phantom director. Attack of the J.J.'s. Revenge, Revenge of the J.J.'s. Of the JJ's. <laughs> A new... Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine: A New Movie. <laughs> JJ Strikes Back and Return of the JJ <laughs> are all of the ones that he's directed thus far. Um, but Quite in reality, what he has directed so far is uh, The Force Awakens. So he did that in 2015. Yes. He directed and um, he also co-wrote, I believe, with Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote. Um, for, I think it might have just been Empire Strikes Back. Maybe he was on Return of the Jedi. I don't remember. Ah. Uh, So, and Lawrence Kasdan also co-wrote Force Awakens. So, that's one reason why that film is okay. (laughs) Uh, So this time, however, 
the guy's name that I just forgot, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, <laughs> is not on this film. So it's the writers are J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio. And, and you may be thinking, have I heard that name before? And the answer to that is maybe. Chris Terrio, um, he, he's the villain from Spider-Man Far From Home. Chris, Chris Terrio? Terrio. <laughs> he's the guy with the glass dome on his head. <laughs> Chris, no, that's Chris Terrio. <laughs> Not to be confused with Chris Terrio. <laughs> Completely different person yes. and name. Really, yeah. I can see where people get those mixed up. <laughs> Completely different. Um, so he has written for such films as Argo, and he actually won the Academy Award for Best like Adapted Screenplay. Ah. And you're like, oh, that's great. But then get ready for this. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> he also did Batman v Superman, and you're like, eee. Mm, I'm sorry. And then <laughs> Justice League, and I'm like, oh Ooh. boy, that explains a lot of what I have to say later yeah. on in this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like Justice League was like easily one of the worst films I can remember watching in recent memory that I was semi excited for. Yeah, I wasn't that excited uh, for it, but when I was finished, I was putting spoons in my eyes. <laughs> You realize that free spoon day at the movie theater was a bad idea. <laughs> the janitor's like, there's eyes everywhere. Damn you, Justice League. <laughs> the sequel, he's the villain. <laughs> the eye sweeper. Spoon man. Oh. <laughs> Spoonie. Spoonie the spoon guy. The spoon man. <laughs> yes. And when he's done, they say, stick a fork. Because he's, he's Spoon Man. He's a spoon. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> how else are you going to eat your popcorn, Robbie, than, than with, a with, spoon. A, with a spoon? <laughs> That's how I do it. I need a spoon because I just drown mine in butter. It's a broth. At this point, it's just a broth in a bucket. <laughs> That's like the worst. When I order I my I've ever heard popcorn, of. it comes with a defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, like Paula Dean's there somewhere. Uh, uh, butter and oil. <laughs> so to continue this, uh, this movie, some of the stars in this film, uh, if you didn't already know, Daisy Ridley returns. Mm. Adam Driver also returns. John Boyega oh. returns. Yeah. Oscar Isaac also returns, and various other stars return and/or star for the first time in this film. Ah, that's uh, a good, good way stuff. to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a real uh, a real who's who of, of uh, Hollywood stars. Who have been in Star Wars I, movies recently. I say so myself. Yes, they have. <laughs> um, so it's, I don't know if you, have you had a chance to look at the Rotten rot, Tomatoes for this at all? Uh, I, it kind of seems to fluctuate, so I don't know what the most recent decision has been. Uh, well, based on what I looked at today... Uh, so the Rotten Tomato score, I think it's a 55% on the, what is it called? The tomato water, tomato, 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 tometer, tometer, the tometer, the tometer, the tometer gives it 55%. I'll tell you what right there, 55%. I don't know what that was. Uh, and then it's got an 86% for the audience score. So it's actually pretty much like the opposite of what... The situation was for The Last Jedi. A lot of the critics really liked The Last Jedi, and a lot of the fans did not, according yeah, the, to Rotten Tomatoes. The Last Jedi was a 91% on yeah. the tomatometometer, <laughs> and the audience score with a tipped-over bucket of buttercorn is at 43%. With no spoons. With um, not a spoon to be found. In it, <laughs> only in eyes. good. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, when I first saw the Last Jedi, I was kind of iffy, like iffy about it. I was entertained, and then I was a little disappointed, you know. But over time, I've grown to like it. I, I see why people don't, yeah, like it. But I think it is a good film. The reason, whether or not that, you think it's a good Star Wars film, true, is a different story. But I think it's it's like solid, you know. It's it's more compact and it's focused on characters. Those are important things, as we will learn, that a movie is focused. Yes. (laughs) Not to go too in-depth, you know, and jump the gun here, uh, but the reasons that I dislike The Last Jedi 
are not the same reasons that I dislike elements of uh, the Rise of Skywalker. It was mm-hmm. I feel it was selfish reasons why I dislike the uh, the Last Jedi. You know because you know a longtime Star Wars fan, it wasn't what I wanted. But like you said, it was still a good movie. Um, yeah. And I'll I'll just end my point right there so we don't jump into my review yeah. of the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that's something important, and I think we'll hopefully we'll get to that later. That thought, that thought process, because I yeah. think that uh, plays an important part in how we got this film and why. Um, yeah, God, why? <laughs> so we'll, we'll do we'll do kind of a spoiler-free review of this for anybody listening who hasn't seen it yet, and we'll let you know when we're jumping into spoilers. Because hey, we're not jerks, and we'll do it in the form of a catchy tune. How about that? You you know, you get it in a catchy tune and you're singing it all day long. Um so yeah, what do you what did you say about this film without spoiling anything? Uh what, what should people expect, I guess, going into this? Okay. Um don't go into The Rise of Skywalker expecting a good Star Wars movie or a good conclusion to the latest trilogy or you know, a good film in general. Wow. <laughs> no, <it> wow. Was, <laughs> that was a little harsh. It, it was, it, it was fun at points, but there's a lot of movie here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I would, I would say too, is it's, it, it, it depends on, I guess, how you are as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely plenty of stuff going on. <laughs> almost to a you know too much that's yeah to, there's a lot going on and yes. you know you just kind of have to brace yourself f- to hit the ground running with this movie you know you're i think you're either going to be really happy with this mm-hmm. or you're going to be a little disappointed and i think that seems to be from what i've heard from a lot of people they're either one or the other yeah and if you're if you're not like a big star wars fan and you're just kind of casual I, you'll you'll probably enjoy this well enough I'd say, mm. you know, but yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. It's, it, it does try to serve particular groups within, you know, the star Wars fandom. Uh, and in some ways that's a good thing, but in some ways it does suffer from it as well. Um, that's a good kind of general, general synopsis of a review to give about this without going too deep. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't hate this film at all. I've got issues with it, but Stop everything that you're doing and go see this film. Stop there. it. He won't say put it. Your I spoons, will. You know, put your spoons down, or rather, yet yeah, take them with you. <laughs> take your spoons out of your eyes and go watch this movie. <laughs> put your popcorn spoons and get going. Um, so yeah, do you just want to? Do you just want to jump right into this? We'll go. Let's fly into the spoiler zone. Let's do that. Let's get into the Millennium Falcon and let's fly right into it. <laughs> Wow, what a theme. Almost as good as the Star Wars theme, wouldn't you say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard it. Uh, So, yeah, I think maybe we should, uh, you want to break this down of, let's go over what we liked first, and then we'll go over kind of what we didn't like, and we'll see what we got from there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, let's go over over some of the positives here first in this spoiler review. I'll go first. All Screw right. You. Um, <laughs> so I think this is pretty much a given for any any Star Wars film that comes out, but um, I think John Williams' score for this movie is probably one of his best. Yes. Uh, I've been listening to it the last couple of days, and it wasn't actually something that I noticed a lot while in the movie, and it's probably mm-hmm. because of what we'll get to here in a little bit, just because <laughs> there's so much going on. It was hard to focus on, but yeah, I really like this score. It's really good. He's got some um, really good uses of like Ray's theme and like Kylo Ren's theme, yeah. and it kind of comes to play back later in the movie after the big kind of shift that happens. It's great. It's really good. It's very. It's a lot more kind of a colorful kind of score and playful in some areas, and I mean just beautiful overall. So if you're into music, you like soundtracks, you like John Williams. Go and shove that into your ear canals. <laughs> yeah, it's subtle, but it's effective. Uh, there, were, the first viewing, I didn't pay 
I mean, you, I don't generally pay close attention to the music. I, I know that it's effective if it grabs me and something becomes memorable. You just, you just put spoons in your ears? That's right. right. I just spoon it. I just serve it <laughs> gently into my ear canals, scoop it from the movie into my brain. <laughs> okay. So music yeah. soup for the soul, the brain soul, mm. the head brain soul. Head, head brain, brain soul, soul in the canal. <laughs> Expanding. <laughs> But no, it's subtle and it's done well. Yes. Good extensive review of that. <laughs> Good old music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny so, Will. <laughs> something that I thought was done really well in this film, and it kind of goes along with the music, is the use of emotion in it. We had a lot of scenes that were strongly emotional, but not, uh, I guess, not in the same realm as the previous films. Of course, when Han is killed. <laughs> when Han is killed. Uh, when Luke dies, those are just strongly emotional scenes where these we have a lot of redemption that occurs. And, you know, Han's return in the form of, I don't know if it's like a force projection or if it is, as it says in the movie, an actual memory of Ben's because he does yeah. use the same lines. The dialogue doesn't really change. Um, and I, re I really like that scene. That, I mean, yeah. that's kind of a tangent, but that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. Yes. That, that I love was how it redemption. mirrored that that same scene in Force Awakens, and but it's a little bit different. Yeah, and I it, really was I had no idea that Harrison Ford was in this movie. No, and so that was a really good surprise. I was pleasantly surprised, <laughs> and it helped to create a bridge between the movies because you know the way that people talked about this, um, the previous director. Oh my gosh, Ryan Johnson. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. And Abrams, the way that it's being talked about is like they didn't collaborate at all. You know the way it was presented, and you know that's not entirely true. It's not like Abram was going to ignore the Last yeah. Jedi, you know. But this was a nice bridge to where it was even kind of a nod toward Johnson's filmmaking because it mirrored that scene, but showed it the opposite side of the coin. Uh, I mean, technically, that scene was in The Force Awakens, which Abrams did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you know, get <laughs> so your spoons out, get your just, spoons out of your ears. So let me correct that. He's the hell out of here. <laughs> he's spitting all over the Last Jedi and says, "You know what? My first movie was so much better than the second one. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> I'm gonna put the exact same scene in this, and you guys are gonna lap it up <laughs> with your spoons." <laughs> <laughs> With your brain spoons, you're just going to love it. You're going to want to keep getting more. Give me all your money. You're going to need a brain bib because it's going to dribble. I don't know why this is why J.J. Abrams sounds. Because uh, <laughs> he's a madman. He's redirecting his own scenes. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was nicely emotional, and I thought it was purdy. <laughs> Great. Uh yeah, um, speaking of good emotions, I think um, as far as like acting is concerned, mm -hmm. uh, all of the actors are at their top, their top tippity top game. Tippity toppity. The as far as I'm concerned, high. yeah, they all. I mean, the performances are all great. There isn't really any actor or you know creature or anything like that that I was like, wow, what a this is just the worst, and I can't stand this. There's really no Jar Jar moments, and that's. You know, I'm not trying to dog on a mod best. Um, I'm this. It's just an annoying character. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there, there's really no moments like that. I think they're all really well acted. It's just my issue, and we'll get to, is just the kind of direction maybe you know that they're taking that uh, is iffy at times. Yeah. I, if, if I could summarize my complaints about this movie, I think that everything that I dislike with it, and this is going to sound kind of... Strange, but I think that all the problems with it occurred prior to filming. It was its problems Probably, in, yeah. in writing and production and things like that. But mm -hmm. the filmmaking, the acting, the editing, uh, you know, our music, everything about it is fantastic. It's, it's a great Star Wars film post writing and production and things like that. <laughs> yeah, like the production and all that stuff is top of the line. Yeah. You're always going to expect that from, from Disney and from. Lucas like film. Lucasfilm, they've got such a great crew, and that's why I try not to like be like this is the worst film ever made because yeah. there's a lot of people that work really hard on these films, and right. it shows because they're just phenomenal looking. 
you know, like like you said, John Williams scores fantastic. The visuals are great. Yes. The acting is great. It's just, and we'll get to this some, you know, more of the writing, directing, storytelling elements that are just kind of off. That being said, I I was really into the first half of this movie, and I liked. Mm-hmm. Aside from again all the fetch quests, <laughs> I'll get to that. Uh, but you know, it was like a good sense of like fun and adventure. And you know, like your your three main characters are together, and they've got good chemistry, and they're you know we're seeing like new locations and colorful things and aliens and stuff that I think about when I think of Star Wars. Right. And that's that was one of my issues with the Last Jedi was it was all kind of monotone, like color palette, and you didn't yeah. really go anywhere all that new. Like Canto Bite was kind of meh, and I knew JJ was at least going to bring that to the table. You know, I like at least visually his his style and you know he's colorful and he can bring that sense of vibrancy so i like that uh you know like the like i said the visuals are great yeah on the death star wreckage that's one of the coolest sequences i think yeah in this film it looks amazing and the the festival of the I don't remember the name of it it's it's the festival of the native people that they have festival of the big worm of reptile things of the the elephants with short trunks and <laughs> oh those are the, like the creepy children oh my like, gosh laughing they're like, like, <laughs> they're like adorable but they're also terrifying oh yeah at the same time you're like what what are you but um, they save the day with babu frig <laughs> yes <laughs> babu babu yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the color in that in the the natives you know, a celebration, all of that was, that was very cool to see. It reminded me of the color palette of episode one, the Gungan weaponry and all of that. It was very okay, yeah. much like that. And so, you know, and obviously when they're uh, fighting on a windows 95 background. Yes, that's the one. Exactly. The toasters <laughs> and all. <laughs> but, you know, we had some, some nice nostalgic moments like that that weren't obviously trying to be blatantly nostalgic. It was just like, yeah, this is the Star Wars that we like. Yeah, and I, that's, I think, how it should be in a way. I mean, yeah. gr- the original trilogy was n- not so much that way because yeah. it's a lot of, like, grays and kind of bleak because it's, like, this oppressive kind of environment. This, right. You know, the empires in control. But, I mean, occasionally you would have places with a lot of color, like, you with know, the you're indoor and yes, jump, jump, jump. Yeah, so I really like that. I think th- this film looks, it looks the part yes. in almost every way. I think visually, this is probably one of the best looking Star Wars films the, uh, that I've seen. Kylo's chambers. Was oh yeah, the white. How sleek everything is, uh, and even that column that's got Vader's yeah. helmet on it. That whole thing, I was just like, man, that's. That's sharp. <laughs> That's a sharp-looking room you got there, Kylo. That's good job there. You fellas designed this room all by yourselves? Golly. You're well, just going like, to put that helmet there, huh? Yeah, you're just going to put it right in the middle of the room. You're going to stub your toe on it. Um, so, yeah, and like when they're, they're doing that like force-time you know, fight where they yeah. keep going back and forth between the two environments, and then like they like spill like this thing over with like red the berries like dust or beans or who the hell knows (laughs) um oh i was gonna think of a cereal what the hell is the cereal called crunch berries yeah like crunch berries yeah they have a big (laughs) basket of crunch berries and they knock it over it's (laughs) kylo's breakfast uh yeah and it's like that stark white environment but then you've got like this big dash of like red that's on the floor and it's really great i like that sequence a lot and i love the editing of that how you know like Ray or Kylo goes past the camera, and as it does that, it switches the setting. Behind, it's like you know. they are the partition that opens the other world there. Yeah, it's really, really well done. I love the continuation of that from The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. where you're starting to... It, I feel like it evolves well, because before, you know, they kind of... It's just they could see each other, and they could kind of do something like that, where, you know, Ray shoots at him. And kind of kind of flinches and maybe feels the blast, yeah. but it doesn't hit him. But then and then also later they touch hands like physically, so right. kind of and then it kind of takes it into this film where they can actually 
move objects through this kind of Skype call that they got going <laughs> on. Uh, I like it. I really like that because it, it comes to play, it comes into play later, and it really works. I think. Yeah. For one of the most, from and one of my favorite moments, and we'll get and we'll get to that. I'm gonna keep saying that for everything. <laughs> um, what'd you think of uh, good old Palpy Ian McDermott? Uh, oh, as always, he's the perfect Palpy teeny. I mean, Palpy teeny, just little the... tiny, teeny tiny Palpatine. <laughs> We've got the voice, obviously. Because we hear him before we see him, and yeah. so that like just builds momentum. And then when we see him, it's like, it's it's all it's a different version of Palpatine than we've seen before because he's. It's like a I zombie. I have died almost. before. Yeah. And I will die it's again. This real, you know, just real creepy mangled. like lightning strikes and stuff, and like this yeah. flashing on his face, and it's like all these kind of different angle or like you know I don't know. It's a lot of different lighting situations going yeah. on in these flashes and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think no matter what, regardless of how I feel about his character in this film, he's going to give you just a plus Palpatine every time. Oh, yeah. he, I think he just, I think he it just relishes every time it's gotta he be can his do this. Favorite thing that he does. I think it must be because he's, he's so good at it. When you see him make home, appearances sure. at Comic-Con and things like that, he, he throws out all the taglines that have become memes and things like that. He'll sit down in front of the, you know, as part of the panel in front of this crowded room and he'll just dead silent. He'll just lean in and go, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, you yes, lose that the thing. <laughs> and then he responds with that horrible screech. Like, ah. <laughs> and then he does a 920 from a standing <laughs> position into the crowd. It's great. Good time. I, he crowd surfs. There was part uh, of me that wanted that to happen in this film, but I was like, oh, oh yeah. you're being greedy. It's not going to happen. But there's a little <laughs> boy in the back of my head who's like, it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, you got anything else you liked um, that you can think of? <laughs> right off the bat, I'm sure we'll, no. I mean, we're missing stuff. That's yeah, not... obviously. I wouldn't have gone to see it twice if there weren't things that I liked about it. You know? Yeah. Uh, just not that spring up immediately that require great dissection. Yeah, uh, one last thing. If you're if you're a C three PO fan out there, uh, he's got a good he's got a good arc in this yeah. in this movie. He's not the worst character in the world. Yeah, like he's kind of fun. He's fun yeah, in he's, this one. He's got a sense of humor. Yeah, kind of not in a way that he's actually really trying all that much. But he's not a clown, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's in a lot of physical jokes that work that aren't yeah. really like super cheese or. Uh, stuff like that. So if you like C-3PO, then I guess go see this film for him. And he's got <laughs> he's got some uh, some actual really important plot yeah. elements involved around him. So, which I think is is great. R2 gets all the you know has all the fun. So now C-3PO is having a chance. Well, we've we've done the positives of this. And yes, we got an itch go. to scratch. Uh, some this is where the fun begins. <laughs> Long have I waited. Yes. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> well, um, uh, what's something you didn't quite like about this here movie? So let me start with this. This movie needs to slow down. And I've got yeah. that in all caps. Um, the pacing is like 100 miles per hour from the moment it says go. Yeah. It's just nonstop. And it's really relentless. Um and for me, like, I think Star Wars works really well in, like, slow, character-driven moments. Yes. And when I think back on a lot of moments that I like, it's just interactions between characters in something where they're not just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I mean, there's times where this works in this film. You know, a lot of action sequences and stuff that work, but they just, they don't get a chance to breathe. No. In this film. Um, and you don't get a chance to really take it in either. That's why I think after viewing this, it was very hard to like remember what happened and kind yeah. of realize like what I thought about it. Something to you know back that up. Think about the first scene in The Force Awakens. Do you remember where we're introduced to Poe and Kylo? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we have that interaction between the two where we learn that Kylo is kind of well, he's he's like a Sith master you know but yet he's not he doesn't yeah he doesn't come across as like this darth vader type character he's kind of clumsy 
but he's obviously powerful. And then we we're like, okay, Poe, he's a smart ass, Han Solo we type character, and we get that nice interaction with them. This one, we just have uh, Kylo just slaughtering the mushroom headed men immediately. <laughs> Which I like. I like a. I'm fine with like an action packed opening. Yeah. But it just doesn't slow down. No, <laughs> no. I was gonna say just instant high octane, and then boom, he's taking that the uh, what? I'm sorry, what was the device? the wayfinder? The wayfinder. He's taking that. Yeah. Boom, he's at the emperor. Boom, the emperor's just like, here's what happened in the last two movies, but really. And then it's just yeah, it's yeah. Just, it doesn't stop. You can't breathe. You know that that first scene went by so quick. Uh, apparently, and I didn't know this either. He's on Mustafar. Did you know that? Like no. at the end of episode. Yeah, that's apparently where that first planet is with all the trees and it's on fire and he's just wrecking people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, according to like either the Visual Dictionary or something I read, uh, that's supposed to be Mustafar. I had no clue. Okay. So that's cool. But, but we didn't just know don't that. have time to take it in. He's, yeah. <laughs> he does some really cool fight scenes and then he's just at like some random like big stone box. He, sh- he literally just shoves the lid yeah. off. Get off of there. <laughs> as hard as he possibly can. Yanks this thing out. And then it just does a like a uh, nice like fade, and a then he's wipe. in his and yeah, star wipe his, to uh, the tie fighter. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his tie fighter, and he's on his way to see the emperor. And then four seconds later, he's on that planet, and he's talking to the emperor. It's it's insane. Yeah, um, yeah and building on that, um, too too many too many quests are going on, or MacGuffins as they like to call them. <laughs> um, there's like what. How many, like, four things they have to do before they can actually get um, to Exegol or something? It's like they got to find find the dagger. No, they're trying to find that one dude's ship. Yes, which contains an item dagger. that turns out to be the dagger. And then they try and translate the dagger. And in order they to can't do, do it. <laughs> yeah. So they have to reboot 3PO. They have to go to that planet, yeah. To yeah. And have C-3PO rebooted so he can translate it. Then they have to go like from there to get Chewy. Uh huh. And then they go get Chewy, and then they leave, and then they the hell do they go after that? They leave. They've got they... the dagger. They maybe they go to the Death Star. Yes, ruins. those are the. That's like and they've got the main arc. And, and she... we don't even have the thing to get to the thing yet. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we're that's still looking for th- Palpatine. That's not the final thing. <laughs> then they gotta take the dagger to the Death Star, and then get the uh, the like final Wayfinder, and then Kylo destroys the Wayfinder. Yeah, so it's like this whole thing we've been doing up to here. Holy cow! Okay. And then like, you know, the big fight ensues. We'll get into that. Uh, and then on top of this, there are countless things going on. By the way, yeah, Ray steals Kylo's ship, which has I think another Wayfinder in it. She goes to Arc Two, yeah. tries to burn her ship down. Luke stops or whatever, and then she has to get the Wayfinder out of that ship, and then go to Exegol. And then finally, I'm like, holy cow. Like, I think there's got to be a way that they could at least take in like two steps of that out. Yeah, let's streamline this process. Like, I didn't know if the dagger was like necessary, but I mean, maybe because I think that has something to do with their parents. Her parents got killed by the dagger, but that's a whole other thing. Boo, just just too many things. It's like a video game that you don't get to play. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the worst kind. Which is kind of funny because. On the flip side, that's something that I, I, a lot of people, I guess, have said about The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian comes across as a video game with different quests. Yeah. But that works for a series. It doesn't work for a film that's already part of a story that exists quite concretely. This movie could have been over three hours long. And Absolutely, it probably yeah. should have if it was, you know. It would have slowed down a little bit if it were, and we needed that. Yeah, like you said, that works in a series where you've got, you know, 20, 30 minute episodes a pe- like, you know, each yeah, each week, but this is like a 2-hour movie. Yeah. one time. Yeah. And it's I don't mind, you know, some quests and stuff. Like I said, it has like a good sense of adventure and I like that, but you just don't even like you can't even keep track of it after a while. Like no. I you don't even know what they're doing. Like, like I like, what is your I had trouble game? just remembering <laughs> that. Well, kind of piggybacking off of that. I to summarize I put there's too much happening in this movie. Here's yeah. like three or four things that happen that make this movie I think kind of hard to swallow and you'll see a trend here. Okay. Uh, let's Hit see. Me. Chewie, <laughs> Chewie dies 
Does but he? Then not really. Three PO has his memory that. erased, but then not doesn't really. It's und- yeah. <laughs> ben dies. Then he doesn't. Then Ray dies, but then she doesn't. And then Ben dies. And we also meet the Red Power Ranger, which was kind of cool. The Red Power Ranger was uh, Poe's old friend. but Oh, (laughs) (laughs) But, no, there's so much stuff. It's just like, don't tease us with this and add more crap for us to remember. And I don't know. It just seems sloppy to me. It seemed very sloppy. Part of me just wants, if you're going to kill a character, just kill him. Do it. Yeah, ruin <laughs> into your hatred. Um, yeah, that I really hate that Chewie scene because yeah. it's so well. It's just dumb. It's unneeded. Right. We never see another transport ever. No, we never see. There's no evidence that there was ever another one. Especially then, that close. It took off right where the original one was. It's so lazy. That's yeah. that's my biggest beef, just generally with this film. Just lazy writing, I yeah. feel like. It's it, as if they they filmed it, and then they sat there and thought about it, and were like, did we go too far? Maybe. Well, let's go film a couple more scenes real quick. Put the suit on. <laughs> um, and this is, okay, I, do, I was trying to hold off on this. And this is, it's almost like they chose the easiest, what, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, they wanted to go with the easiest, safest answer to all of these lingering questions. Yeah. Um, I don't, it just bothers the hell out of me because it's just like this. It just seemed like a ton of fan service, and I'm fine with fan service. Yeah, but we're just assaulted with it mm-hmm. in this movie, and it was almost to the point where I like felt a little insulted, like it's because like, they're just like, "Oh, here's an answer. Are you happy? You happy with this answer? Here yeah. you go. This is just like the first thing we saw on Reddit." Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not the answer even, whether or not that answer was called for, or whether there was even any supporting evidence, yeah, they're just, yeah, just throwing in the easiest answer that they could find, just because they felt like they needed to answer these questions, but they didn't, you know, they didn't ask, is this a good answer to this question? Should it be answered? You know, yeah, it's someone said this in a review that I I heard, and I thought it was really. Uh, it really applied and it really made a lot of sense is that this movie just kind of checks box checks boxes just to check boxes yeah in a lot of ways where it's not it doesn't really feel like anything meaningful at the end of the day it just feels like oh they answered this and they answered this now i'm happy right i'm not really because they're just half half half-hearted answers i feel like i don't know if you if you get that or no i i agree completely and because of that it causes things that were fan service in the right way it causes those to suffer and seem less impactful example at the end when ray hears all of the jedi voices in her head Mm -hmm. that part should have us crapping our pants going dude that was qui-gon that was mace windu oh my we should be freaking out at that point really it's the same as i mean you know that's a climactic moment in there Mm -hmm. yeah but it's so undercut by the fact that we're still reeling from these other things like, okay, so we're going to basically have uh, Poe being Han Solo now. Yeah. We're going to yeah. have stormtroopers apparently are force sensitive. Hey, kid. Yeah. Is, is that what they're hinting at? I've thought on that a lot. Um, oh, yeah. yeah with feeling um, that they all had with the girl who was... Is it Jana or Jaina? I don't know. And Finn, yeah. Well, I mean, Finn leads on. He's, like, Force-sensitive. Yeah. And, I mean, she very well could be, and maybe he just is, but they all aren't. But Yeah. <laughs> that might, and that it might actually be a small continuation from The, from the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the boy was Force-sensitive, and there's more people out there right. that are Force-sensitive, and they may not really realize what's going on. But, yeah. And... Yeah, like you were talking about that the the scene where all the voices come in and that that yeah. should be more impactful, but we're also just being assaulted with fan service in that same scene too because Palpatine's <laughs> yeah. in that scene. Yeah, he's he's literally saying "do it" and "strike me <laughs> down," and he's using lightning, and it it's just it's just an assault. And we just had Luke's X-wing too. Let's remember yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> And, he, and he's lifting it out of the water. When did Force Ghost get the ability to do that? By the way. I'm, I'm fine with them adding new things, but 
too many. Some of the stuff, it just <laughs> felt like just to walk back things from The Last Jedi or to retcon things. And I'm fine with making changes here and there because George Lucas did that, you know, oh, yeah. all throughout the original trilogy. You know, Darth Vader became Luke's father. And, and, you know, Leia wasn't his sister, but then she was. You know, but I just feel like this was... A lot of that stuff was really on the nose and really yeah. in your face. And we and don't need it either. No, and I think it's it's just people's outrage that they're just trying to play it safe you know disney doesn't want to upset anyone and they don't want the backlash that the last jedi got and i'm just like just make a film yeah you guys are gonna make a trillion dollars like from this regardless (laughs) the last jedi is i feel like i I thought they said they're this like it might outpace this film yeah so it's just like what what did this get you exactly and it, it too much of it, they, like you said before, they're trying to wrap it up in a nice, neat little package. We don't have to have that. I would have been no, fine don't if have to answer everything. we ignore Snoke. Snoke could have just been a guy. You know, obviously a Sith Lord. But, like, we didn't need to... A big old wrinkly guy with his just slippers Scarface, on. Scarface. Portrayed yeah. by Al Pacino. <laughs> He's turning his lightsaber! <laughs> Give me everything. Whoa! <laughs> well, they... That just too much, like little things, and they did it like just as like a little side note was a lot of it too. It was too quick, kind of. And yeah, it a lot of these been. answers were either they're just answered and then forgotten. Yeah, or just like it's just like a C. Here's your answer. Now we're moving on to the next thing, and I it's just like that. No. I don't know. It just seemed kind of snarky. Yeah, and just like a again, just to check boxes. Um, what else we got? I got something here. I want you to know, or yeah, he booga the guy, uh, Babu Freak. What do you think about this? This didn't bother me initially, uh, but the more I thought about it, I was like, that's kind of rude. Uh, <laughs> so we've got these nine films where there's this dark force, the Sith, obviously, the main evil. They have yeah. turned it into so the Sith has now become just a single guy. The Sith is no longer this hit, this phantom uh, menace, this hidden unseen force that's sneaking up and all this over and over. It's just a guy versus a girl. I mean, you know, I like they turned these two ideas into two people and just wiped it out like that. Also, also, when did Palpatine's force lightning get strong enough to take out an entire fleet? Um... Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. She also blocked. That. Yeah, I'll tell you when. <laughs> when it took out I a have the exact movie, I can tell you. So strong enough to do that, but not strong enough to go through her lightsaber shield. It, okay, problems. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. My original complaint, though, about the Sith has been boiled down to just be Palpatine here. What do you think? Um, I don't mind that that part of Palpatine. I mean, because there's only ever two at a time, as far as the Sith are concerned. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of, like, crazy theories going on, because they don't explain it at all, of, like, how he came back and how that works, because, you know, he has that whole speech about Plagueis, yeah. his master in Episode 3, and how he could keep people from dying, and uh, he said he's died before, so, like... Yeah. Some people are theorizing, like, maybe he's technically, like, Plagueis, or, or uh, what was it? Or it was just, like, one Sith down the road, like, way down the line, and he has been, like, essentially dying and transferring his essence throughout the throughout the decades and the years and the years. And it's See, only ever been kind of one one kind of person, now one that, Sith. I could see that, and I realize this kind of might sound a little hypocritical to me, but I think it's because there was so much other things wrong with this film if that became one of the main points they wanted to focus on for this film and use that as their kind of i guess semi-main story arc you know that like as long as there's no one to continue that path then we're safe i i guess they did kind of tell us that a little bit but it's kind of a stephen king randall flag thing where it's always this one guy in different incarnations he's always the troublemaker I think they could have done well with that yeah. story arc, but again, there was so much other stuff going on. Because he, because he, he says it's like a, there's like a ritual that they do where yeah. the apprentice strikes him down, 
and then essentially Palpatine would, have, according to his plan or what he said, would then go into Ray. Yeah. So it's 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 like a essence transfer from um, master to apprentice every time, and I I think that's cool. It's got some grounds. Yeah. To you know, in Star Wars, because I think they've done that like in the expanded universe way back when, where that's how. You know, they wrote a bunch of stories of Palpatine survived and he made clones and he would transfer his kind of his spirit into these clones. And that's mm. how he was continuing to survive. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just kind of lost in everything. Yeah. The dialogue, I, you know, it's it's just surrounded by so much that's going on. Thank God for Maz Kanata. She can just go away she just uh, tells the whole movie she can just go solve a labor dispute and then <laughs> skype call in when we need a code breaker um <laughs> yeah i after this movie i don't like her and luke being uh, whatever her name is it is the actress that plays her is a great actress yeah um i mean her performance is is fine yeah. but i don't like the character and i don't like how they use her Right. I was going to say, she could be a good character, but it's how they use her. It's what she does. It's just... A good question for another time. No, Maz, that's a great question for right now. Where'd you get it? How did you get, get the it? lightsaber? <laughs> Where'd you get it? Tell me right now. I'm going to steal your goggle things. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, she just... She does that in the first one. The, the stupid codebreaker Skype call. In the Last Jedi, and in this one, she's just narrating what Leia's doing Ex- yeah. for no reason to R two. <laughs> I think it was yeah. She just like looks over at R two and is like, she knows what she has to do to save her son. And R two's like, Are you talking to me or what? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, he says beep boop beep. Yeah, <laughs> it just it's just, and I know that they're they're kind of behind the eight ball with. Carrier Fisher's passing, you know, and yeah. trying to figure out a way to work her in, but that was just a dumb, that was a yeah. dumb piece of dialogue. Do we got more? <laughs> <laughs> um, Do we got more to say about this here film? Uh, um, I think another thing, the Knights of Ren are just kind of there yep. in this film. They, I, you know, I mean, whatever at this point. I'm not, it wasn't, I wasn't too upset by it, but they just stand around and look menacing. They look cool. Yeah. My problem with them is not so much this film. It's how they were presented in the past. We're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And at this point, they're like, well, shit, we're out of time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at this point, I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, they're not even... I wanted them to be in this film just for, like, continuity's sake. Where, like, you know, they mention it in The they're Force Awakens. And they kind of maybe allude to it in The Last Jedi. And I was like, at least just put them in here. Yeah. Because you made a big deal about it in the first film. Like so. a big old deal. Anyway, that, I'm going to get off that topic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll wrap this up. Um, I would also, you guys listening, look out for a Bag Fries episode. We'll try and continue this because we got more to say. Oh, yeah, um, we, we really haven't talked too much about like specific scenes that we liked and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll kind of go into some more detail about that. So what do you think about that? You like that? Yeah, that works for me. Seems like a, seems like a good plan. I got a I got a question for you. Ooh. It's a big juicy question. Yes. What would you rate the rise of what's his name? Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> all of the main characters in all the films. Yeah. <laughs> On a Bill s- Smith. <laughs> what would you rate the guy with the shiny sword? Uh <laughs> What would you rate the rise of Skywalker on a scale of one to five crusty uh, Palpatine finger nubs? I was actually going to say the same damn thing. No way! <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I rate this? That's a good question. I'm, th- I'm like in my mind. I'm I'm thinking about where I will pl- like where I will place it in my ranking of all the Star Wars films, yeah. so that. Like it's kind of what's helping me right now. Um, I want to really like this movie too, which sucks. Yeah. But I'll, I'll probably go right in the halfway point. I'll go two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half crusty palpy fingers. <laughs> um, 
now I gotta think of something better than that. Let's see, out of, oh, okay. Out of, out of five pickled snowheads, <laughs> what, what do you give this film? <laughs> out of five pickled snowheads. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I gotta give it a two. Two pickled snowheads out Dude. of five. Yeah, I give it the one. I give it one and a half for the acting and you know everything kind of post production, you know, post writing mm-hmm. and all that. But it was fun at times. But overall, you know, I I didn't enjoy it as much as I liked to. I don't know how to word that without See, sounding selfish. It's it's not everything it could have been. Now I have a question for you because I know we for, we talked right after your. You saw it. You were pretty high on it. I was the first time. But uh, was it just seeing it the second time? No. Kind of changed that for you, or no? I th- I think that the first time I watched it and I just kind of I didn't allow my I didn't really soak in what was going on. I suppose with a lot of it, I was I was on the high of you know like seeing Palpatine and things like that. It was the excitement. Yeah. And I I said that it was my favorite one of the new trilogy and things like that. But then the more I thought about it, I was picking apart individual scenes and i just walked away going why why'd they do that Mm -hmm. why why was that even necessary um then seeing it the second time i went there with those questions in my mind trying to find out an answer you know why did they feel the need to service the fans with the romance between kylo and ray even though there was little indication that there was actual romance there prior to that that's just one of my little bugaboos, but that's one of many, many issues yes. I had, and there was no answer. I didn't get an answer the second time around. Remember that, because we should talk about that uh, on the next one. The bag fries. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are enjoying this or whatever, you want to hear some more, we'll have another one for you guys just kind of going over some stuff we missed. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening, though. Um, let us know what you guys think about Rise of Skywalker. If you If you loved it, if you hated it, if you think it's the worst film in the world, if you think it's the best film in the world, did you do you think it's the best of the sequel trilogy, or do you even do you watch Star Wars? We don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, if you want to go ahead and get a hold of us, you can do that on various things. One of those is our email, and what is that email? Oh, Darth <sighs> Robbie. Two idiots pod at gmail dot com. <laughs> Very good. You get a cookie. I remember. They can find us on other social media forms such as Instagram. How can they find us on Instagram? What's that handle? That's at two idiots pod. That's correct. Yeah. You also get a cookie. I got a cookie. (laughs) Well, what do you know? What do you know? Obi-Wan, old buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week. We will uh, we'll go over some more thoughts we had on the Rise of Skywalker. Just because um, we got a, we got a lot of them. So yeah, that's our podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Sorry, my audacity froze for a second. And I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, please don't destroy it. Don't take things so seriously. We're just a couple dumb dumbs talking movies. Yeah, we're. Just two idiots We're just two idiots